comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. everybody and welcome back to the Walking Dead TV podcast. I'm Jordan from Jersey. Joined this week by Aaron and Craig. How you guys doing? Good, hey, good, hey. good. And uh, Jim should join us later and Rich is a maybe. We will see because he has a real life and sometimes those get in the way of things like podcasting. Who knew? This week we are here to talk about a sad maybe. We'll talk about that a lot. Episode of The Walking Dead, uh, episode 603. Thank you. And uh, general thoughts on the episode, gentlemen. What did you think of thank you? Well, we we all love Nicholas, so obviously we're all sad. I mean, that we like every one of us. We're all like, man, I can't wait what that that rascally guy is gonna say next. It's gonna get us all warm and fuzzy inside. Um, about this episode, I uh, I think it's a a bit of a, a step down from the previous two, mainly because last week's was like a series best, and the first one was just like, well, that's a lot. But this one, despite one major thing that we'll get to, I think it had a very clunky beginning in terms of. Alexandrians doing Alexandrian-type stuff that kind of bothered me in terms of, hey, look how many cliches we can pack into five minutes. But uh, aside from that, it's very intense, just like the last two episodes were. A lot of stuff's happening, a lot of walkers everywhere, people, you know, getting into trouble and whatnot. Like, I was I was very much amped by the, the rate of things happening in said episode, and there's you know, some quieter moments, one that stuck out really pretty well. So, I mean, f- overall, like, it's it's certainly an intense episode with some major stuff we'll get into, but yeah, just slightly slightly a little bit below last the last two weeks. I love this episode. I think it was really uh, a nice way to continue the action. I mean, how do you continue this kind of action across three, four, five, six episodes? They're doing it really well. I think what throws us off is that week break in between and the commercials. If we just kind of watch this on a binge watch, it would be a lot more seam seamless, if you will. Uh, but I like the the action in this episode. There's a few things to talk about. A couple of things towards the end that may deserve some discussion. I'm sure we'll get into, but no Maybe. spoilers right now. And uh, no, l- l- let's just get into it, Jordan. I think that's what we have to do. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said if we were binge watching this, because I just know me personally. And if it was like, oh, I'm just going to watch the first episode of uh, the next season tonight, I know I'd be sitting there for four hours just watching them all in a row at this point because it would just be, oh my gosh, how are they going to resolve this? Um, the, the cliffhangers this season are on point. I do want to make a note though for our listeners um craig already hinted at this but we are going to save our debating for did character x die or not until the end kind of our spoiler section and in there we might even get we'll probably have a separate spoiler section where we talk a little bit about comic books and you know what happened or did not happen to that same character in the books but i wanted to say this right at the beginning to get it out there if you are listening to this and are like, oh man, I, I really want to know what other people are thinking about whether X character died or not, you don't want to be Googling that um, because there are spoilers out there and you might be able to get a pretty concrete answer as to whether or not it really is real or not just by Googling. So if you are like me and don't want to be spoiled, 
stay away from Google and, you know, Googling the death of that character, just in general. Probably a pretty good idea. You so. definitely told listeners to not touch the stove, and I admire you for that. <laughs> well, hey, I'm just I'm just saying, in this case in particular, I could see somebody just Googling, you know, oh, what are other people saying about it? What's the evidence for or against? And there are actual spoilers out there that they might want to uh, avoid. Just like there were spoilers before this episode, since uh, I unfortunately knew it was going to happen before the episode even started. So uh, that kind of sucked, but it was still a good episode with that aside. So shall we get into the actual episode discussion, gentlemen? Sure. Sure. We should we should say that we're, you know, we're not going to, we could, we could discuss maybe mildly what we think we're not, before we get to like more heavy debating as to what happened at the end. Oh, oh, absolutely. absolutely. Once we get to the actual portion of the episode in our recap, we'll Discussion. The brass knuckles won't come in until after the outro part. That's all. All right, so episode 603 was entitled Thank You, which is an odd title, but I actually think works pretty well uh, when things are all said and done. Uh, it was written by Angela Kang and directed by Michael Slovis, uh, Walking Dead mainstays, and it has a whole bunch of guest actors. No major dots in this week, but we had a bunch of others. I'm not going to list them off all off here, but uh, I thought the, I thought the guest actors did a pretty good job. There's a bunch of people that we'd either only seen briefly or hadn't seen at all before, and with the exception of maybe one who's dead almost instantly, or no, no, not not him actually. I th- actually thought his delivery was fine, if a bit annoying, but that's the way it was written. Uh, the floppy hat guy, what was his name? Like uh, Schroding or something? Sturgis. Sturgis, Sturgis yeah. yeah. I, I don't like that guy just based on his hat. But uh, aside from that, I thought all the extras did, or not extras, but the, you know, the guest players did a pretty decent job. They, and they had some some semi-heavy lifting to do for characters that we won't see again. I agree. I had a hard time keeping up with their names, though, because I don't remember being introduced to all these characters really all that well. So I may refer to them as the guy that got bit or you know the guy that got shot, but just deal with me on that. But I did like their acting. I'll agree with the, you on that. The woman and the guy who doesn't make it um, of the people who, who last for most of the episode, I believe they were in the truck with Heath when he showed up and Eugene opened the gate in episode okay. one. I think that was them. So if it was, they did get a name introduction. I just don't remember it. I remember Heath, but I don't remember the other two, and I didn't do my research. So, someone's so. named Tobin, because I heard Tobin a lot. Oh, we, we saw Tobin last but, season. He was the guy yeah, who Tobin was in was charge of the uh, construction site before um, Abraham took over. You can say this, but it's, I still don't know who Tobin is by sight. He's the vi- very um, generic-looking tall white guy. Oh, you plaid shirt, tried to show Carol about guns, but yeah, that's all we know about Tobin. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He seems to be a stand-up guy who's a bit of a coward, but aside from that, we don't know a lot about him. Was he in this episode? Um, I think we hear his voice over the radio. So he wasn't one of the Alexandrians that is no. trapped in this situation. No, okay. no, he wasn't. No, we don't, I, we don't I, physically see him. It's like I, I watched this episode a couple times and I take notes, but boy, was I like, <laughs> it's like, who is this Tobin? I keep hearing, I keep hearing this name and there's people getting shot over here. Uh, whatever. Okay. Moving on. Wasn't Tobin the guy that was also in the room with, um, who was that one from last week? They would put the gun to Eugene's head and says, Oh no, it's not us. It was him. He, I, I believe he was, was in Tobin. the room. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. he's the guy that said to Rick, no, we weren't talking about you. It was this guy over here. Yeah. Okay. So Rick, Glenn, Michonne, and the Alexandrians are racing through the woods towards Alexandria, basically picking up their story where it left off from episode one. I really like the sound mix of this opening scene in particular because the horn is going the entire scene up until they make a note that it's gone. But it's not annoying. Like, it's just there in the background where if if you're paying attention, you'll hear it. Otherwise, it's just in the background. But I really like the sound mixing there. The horns become this, like, essential, like, guide of where you are in time that I really Mm -hmm. enjoy. Yeah, it's our constant to, to, to anchor. 
Yes. So half of the quarry herd is following um, Sasha, Abraham, and Daryl still. The other half is broken off and is heading towards the Horn and Alexandria. And over the walkie, uh, Rick tells Daryl to stay the course and keep the rest of the herd moving along the road. Because Daryl wants to break off, let Sasha and Abraham take care of the herd, and he's going to go help uh, Alexandria. But at least in the beginning, it seems like he's going to listen to Rick. I like that we know Daryl's going to do something later on this season just because he's Daryl and that's what he does. But, like, right now he's being held in check. And, like, I'm literally... Daryl literally drives in circles this episode. He does. And, I'm, like, in my notes, right, it says, where the hell is Daryl? Like, that's what it says. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the cold open was actually really well done. If you just take the cold open by itself, with and the first shot is of Glenn running. Mm-hmm. So take that as you will. But uh, then Nick goes into his moments of fuzziness. I don't know what you want to call that, where his ears start ringing and... I guess that's like a shell shock type Panic of Panic attack, shock. anxiety attack, PTSD yeah. style, filmmaking, whatever you want to call it. But yeah. Yeah. So he starts that in the cold open, that that, that ear ringing attack mode and uh, or, or under attack mode. Uh, I, I thought it was really, really well done. It was a good, another good cold open. And then, of course, Rick makes his speech to them about they're not all going to make it. My my uh, <laughs> my my issue with the cold open just is right away with just another guy like you you talk about if you you watch these binged up if you binge these episodes and it'd be great just because you get answers like right away in terms of like how these cliffhangers are going to resolve themselves. My only issue is that if you were to watch these episodes back to back, especially watching like that first episode, watching this episode is like didn't Rick just kill like the same guy or didn't like have to deal with just the exact same guy who's making the exact same complaints and then immediately Well, well he did because this it. new guy in blue shirt cuz I didn't even get his name. Uh he even yeah. comments he killed Corbin or whatever that guy's name was in episode 1. Like we saw it. Even Michonne's like he was dead already. What are you talking about? It's like it feels like this guy was like in case you missed the season premiere, here's me. Like that's what he felt like and it just seems so and and like not, it's not enough that he was like complaining about Rick and whatnot. It's that the immediate next scene is that he somehow gets attacked by a walker who apparently came from, I don't know, the dirt, because I have no idea where this one walker would have come from, and, like, is, like, just brutally killing this guy, like, <laughs> chewing on his neck, as if, like, no one questions Rick ever. Here's the problem with you. You're dead now. It's just such a, like, the writers really want to, like, show you that Rick is, like, apparently, like, God in this world. Like, he, well, and that, he has... and that the, the Alexandrians in general have zero spatial awareness because they're constantly getting blindsided by, like, not just a walker, but groups of walkers that have seem- seemingly just apparated in the vicinity. Well, just describe the next scene and wait till we get to, like, why they're also just dumb. Like, I... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then at the end, when, when, when that guy is dead and Michonne has to stick him through the head with, with, with the sword... Rick just takes his stuff. Yeah. Like, he takes his gun, his knife, and whatever else he took out of his pocket. I believe that was a peanut butter protein bar that he took as well, and I'm not (laughs) even joking. (laughs) Or Special K bar. Yeah, peanut butter, exactly. But he takes his stuff, and then the whole remainder of that group is just standing there in awe, like in shock, just watching this guy dead. And then they go right to the the, the opening credits. I thought that was just perfect. That was, that I did like. That because I, I my yeah. notes I wrote Dick guy killed Rick has no empathy. So I mean, <laughs> that's, I, 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 I as far as furthering Rick's character, I'm certainly I'm all with this. I like Darth Rick that I've been calling him. I like I like this no empathy Rick <laughs> who like obviously wants to protect people for the greater good, but feels like no like emotion about any of these people he doesn't know already. Although you you call him Darth Rick, I would say by the end of this episode, this is a very Empire Strikes Back ending, um, especially for Rick, who, I mean, we'll get to it, but man, is that a dark ending for him. 
It's uh, funny how I was distracted by Star Wars last week, and now we're still on it this week with this episode. <laughs> Star Wars is always <laughs> distracting. There's nothing you can do about that. Uh, it's worth noting that that whole conversation between Rick, Michonne, and Glenn, where, where Rick's like, they're not all going to make it, and if it comes to it, you're going to have to leave the Stranglers behind. Um, Heath overhears that conversation. Yeah, he's hiding behind the tree stump. And that all happened in the opening. This is just a great way to start this episode. So, I mean, it had slowdowns throughout it, but what a great way to begin. So... Here's the plan, and this it gets a little confusing because you have a whole bunch of different like small groups who are all kind of working together, but in different locales, and they tend to keep having to redo their plans. So Daryl, Sasha, and Abraham, they're going to keep leading the main or you know the, the front half of the herd away, just like they were always planning to do from the beginning. Rick is going to run, and I mean run. He spends 90% of the episode jogging and sprinting uh, back to the RV, uh, back at that curve in the road, and he's going to go circle around, try to basically intersect the walkers who are heading toward Alexandria, maybe blow the horn a few times. It's not really clear exactly how, but he's going to try to get their attention and lead them back to Sasha, Abraham, and uh, and Daryl and hopefully lead as many walkers as possible away from Alexandria. Meanwhile, everybody else is just going to try to get to Alexandria. So that's pretty much how you have it going. You know, that's why Rick is running for so long. He's making a wide berth around them. The other group is heading straight to the town. Uh, And Daryl will eventually turn around and go to the town and then turn around and come back because they needed something for him to do. So Glenn and Michonne lead the group towards Alexandria. Uh, Walkers attack them. The Alexandrians panic because that's what they do. Sturgis, the guy with the dumb hat, he flees wildly and comically uh, into the woods and and, and fires into the air and hits Scott in the leg before he runs away. Uh, Nicholas becomes paralyzed with fear and a walker bites David on the shoulder. Let's let's backtrack that a bit. The, There's a lot of stuff that happens. The, in this uh, the, the Glenn and Michonne and who else is that? It Glenn and Michonne. They're like, you guys wait here. We will take care of this. What do they do? They tick up their guns like that's us, and they head right into the battle. And sure enough, almost all of them yeah. are injured in some way. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Glenn, Michonne, and Heath. Heath, like, there those we go. The three yeah. most experienced ones. Yeah, they they jump into it, and the other three are supposed. The other bunch are supposed to hold back. Scott, we should note, uh, he's actually uh, Sonequa Martin Green, Sasha's husband in real life, Um, and he's a a new addition to the show who makes it all the way through, so we might see some more of him. I would not be surprised. Um, So David got bit on the shoulder. He's still alive. They decide not to basically not to kill him. They're going to try to get him home. He's only been married two months. Uh, Get him back home to his wife so he could say goodbye. And it's, it's not a, like gushing wound or something so as long as they can make good time he'll make it that that is the plan at least yeah it's a decent like you know he's he's not like he's not dying like he he, and he can he can walk as opposed to you know half the other group so <laughs> and then i believe the woman's name is annie who's with them she right around the scene she either trips and sprains her ankle or trips because her ankle was already sprained so she's injured as well so there's a lot of I don't want to say dead weight, but there's a lot of extra weight being, you know, drug around by uh, our, our leads. Jordan, I fully support puns in this show. You should say dead weight. <laughs> that actor that played Dave, is that what his name was? The one that got bit on the shoulder? David Dave, yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I don't, he was really good. I, surprisingly good. I, don't, I didn't catch his name. I didn't uh, go that far and look it up, but really excellent acting. You've, you've really felt for this guy. I mean, he just seemed like a normal guy who's mixed up in this, and now he's essentially a dead man and he knows it he got bit and he's he's done oh yeah he, he even says really well. i know what it means like when they're talking about his wound like he, you know you don't have to sugarcoat it i realize what is going on here i was happy but did you, uh, that it that it kind of 
exactly that. They didn't sugarcoat it. It's just like, okay, well. <laughs> and not only did they not sugarcoat it, but they didn't get into some long argument where Michonne's going to just kill him right there and everybody else is like, no, you can't do that. They just went past that, which I was Like, I was ready about. for someone to make a move for him. Yes. Honestly, I mean, I was ready for that to happen, but I'm, I was really glad that it didn't. They finally let somebody that was bit live for a while. Well, if, uh, and, if Darth and, and Rick was just, there, who knows? <laughs> leave him behind. We got to go. So Daryl, uh, meanwhile, tells Abraham and Sasha he's going to you know, go on ahead to not distract the walkers that they're leading, and he's going to circle around to help defend Alexandria. The two of them should be able to handle the, the herd on their own. Uh, they try to get him to stay until they reach the 20-mile marker as planned, but Daryl refuses, and he rides off on his bike. Do they make it the 20-mile marker? No, that's just well, the pl- they want him to stay until they get to that point. I, I, okay, I thought you said it, that they made the 20-mile. Okay. No, 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 because then their journey would be over, because that is the final destination. They were at about five miles when Daryl splits off. Right. Yeah. So uh, back uh, with the, the townie group, uh, David tells Michonne about his wife. Uh, he hopes he'll get to see her before succumbing to his walker bite. And Annie insists they stop to treat Scott's leg because remember Sturgis shot Scott because Sturgis is the worst. You can tell because of his stupid hat. In between all this, there was a commercial. I don't know if you all saw it. It was about an airplane and some people on it. Oh, but are you are you saying <laughs> it's so t- are you saying it's time for the Walking Dead beer, the Walking Dead Flight Four Ninety Two podcast? It was in my notes, and all I wrote down was one person orders a double vodka, another one orders a ginger ale. Period. 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 <laughs> that was it. So that has been another episode of the Walking Dead beer, the Walking Dead Flight Four Ninety Two podcast. And an old lady asked the young kid if he's alone. I, I think that's that happens right. as well. <laughs> what I, oh all God, I can tell is, is that that painful. the Asian woman in front of the kid is has a really big crush on him. That's what I. That's what I've learned. <laughs> or wants to murder him. No, or, I like my both. Maybe she's <laughs> just into that. Who knows? I like my intense love theory better. <laughs> Um, so the group checks cars in an abandoned town to see if they can be used to drive home. This is, you know, Glenn and Michonne and all those. Um, Heath recognizes the town as the location that Aiden and Nicholas um, had their disastrous and fatal supply run in. Uh, so Nicholas says, OK, that's true. And that means I know the town. I can probably get us home. But it's quite clear that Nicholas is going through a lot. And uh, even if he has that information in his brain, he might not be able to access it uh, effectively or quickly enough to actually, you know, do any any help. I, I like that he's owning up to the things that he did. Like, he is, like, as much as, you know, we didn't like him last season, I do like this version of him that we're getting right now, where, yeah, he's freaked out, obviously, it's not doing much of a help, but as far as seeing a character go through some kind of recuperation process and understanding the things that they, their, their misdeeds that they've done in the past, I like that whatever, however long this arc is going to last, I like that it's happening in this episode. Yeah, on the way to the town, too, there was this nice... A monologue or a dialogue, I should say, between Michonne and Dave about, you know, how how Dave came to be and how he came to Alexandria. And he goes, you know, I wasn't a person anymore. Do you do you, can you do you know about that? And Michonne goes, yeah, I I kind of do. Like like she it went it called back to last season and even a little bit before that how Michonne felt un- unhuman or dehumanized. And came back to reality. So it was a good little scene there. I like the dialogue between those two. So Nicholas leads the way. Uh, they find a group of walkers feasting on Sturgis's body. You can tell because of the stupid hat. Uh, and Nicholas <laughs> becomes paralyzed by fear again. Uh, but he snaps out of it when Glenn calls his name. We see this a couple times. Uh, the group backtracks only to be confronted by more walkers. And so they decide to hide in a pet store, which has some like nasty pet carcasses in cages. It's pretty gross. Um, 
And Glenn comes up with a plan to go set fire to a nearby building that has a lot of like feed stored in it, and that will hopefully distract the herd and let them get out of there. Um, so Nicholas and Glenn uh, decide to go there because Nicholas knows the way, and they leave the rest of the group inside uh, to hide. Uh, over the walkie, Glenn fills Rick in on his plan uh, while we see Rick sprinting down the road and fighting off a group of walkers. This is the scene we saw on Talking Dead last week uh, where Rick cuts his hand. And it doesn't seem like they're uh, maybe they will go this direct route, but it doesn't seem like they're hinting in any way that his, you know, he's been infected or that, you know, he's going to die because he got zombie guts in his hand. He's just cut and it hurts and it's bleeding um, and it sucks. But it doesn't seem like they're they're you know, they're stealth killing him there. No, I think the knife broke and then his hand got sliced on the broken handle of the knife. That's what it seemed like. Not the gut zombie scratch or a bite. Oh, no, but still, there's still zombie guts and gore all over his hand. So, I mean, if you wanted to be realistic about it, which, remember, we're watching a show about zombies, he would totally, you know, be dead from that eventually. Yeah, the, sh- the show seems to always play pretty fast and loose with Viscera getting onto the characters and whether or not that actually means anything. Yes. We've yeah. seen that many times happen. Like, even, like, shots on the camera leading to speculation that leads to just nothing at all. Oh, like, well, last in last year's season finale, when Rick shoots the zombie that's on top of him through the head, and the, the gore just falls all into his eyes and open mouth, like, you know, if it was going to happen, it would have already happened. Yeah, there was, like, a scene where, like, I think, like, Sasha hit Abe with a knife, and people were like, oh, is Abe going to die now because of that slash with the knife? Like, that kind of stuff. It just never seems to really amount to anything. It seems to be the only, the only hard rule is if you are bit with the teeth... And you know, get a true bite. That's it. You're getting infected. You're you're done. Yeah. But they used to be. I remember the first season. It was about scratches. So maybe check him for scratches. Like that was used to be a problem. Now it's not a problem anymore. It looks like. Or it's just not something they're focusing on. Um, which I can get. Like from a television perspective, like scratches is hard to quantify. Like what counts, what doesn't. And if you can just focus on bites, it makes it simpler. It's the kind of thing where if we didn't have you know podcasts and internet, this wouldn't really be a thing to discuss at all. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I just don't know why Rick had to injure his hand. I guess it was for the later scene when he's in the in the RV bandaging himself up, but it just made no sense. It happened so quick. How did his hand get hurt? Most people wouldn't even notice that, I don't think, but they did it for a reason, I suppose. I mean, in a large part, I think it's all leading towards that ending of just breaking him down piece by piece. I mean, like, you know, other characters, worse things may happen to them in this episode, but for whatever reason, like, Rick's is the one that, aside from an obvious choice who I won't name because we're not there yet... Um, Man, it's just like he is getting emotionally and physically battered from all angles. And we only even see him for like five minutes of the episode. Yes, I agree with all that. And I think it's just kind of a character moment to play. It's like, what does Andrew Lincoln need to do? Like, give him something to do. And there's like, okay, there's a small thing he could do as an actor to kind of to kind of add a little emphasis to just him. <laughs> and, and there's the classic uh, metaphor of the wound that won't heal, and we, the show has even done that before, but it's been much more uh, overt about it. Like, I believe it was Abraham in the Abraham flashback episode, who had the wound that would yes. never heal. Yeah. And here it's almost the same thing, right. just way more subtle. I mean, not that it would be hard to be more subtle, but this was actually effective if that's what they were trying to do. Like, he's constantly bleeding from that hand and constantly in pain from it. We see him reacting to it multiple times throughout the episode. And also, you know, right before that knife breaking off into the hand, there was a radio transmission from Glenn, and he said a lot of things. Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to move the people here. But at the end, he said, good luck, dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> that was a call back to the first episode. Either the very end of the first episode or the very beginning of the second. It and might have even been said in twice. Tank. It, it, it was the yeah, very first episode. End of the first episode. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's, a, it's the first thing Glenn ever said to Rick. And, uh, yeah, that definitely uh, – we'll, we'll talk about it later, but that's definitely – 
a notch in either the pro or cons list of uh, of of our upcoming debate. And and also getting to that, when Glenn went off with Nicholas to go set the fire, he took some things out of his satchel, and one of them was Herschel's watch. I didn't see what he did with it. Did, did he take it with him and leave the rest of the backpack behind? It, it really looked like that. he was taking a screwdriver or something out of his pocket, like he was going to open it up, or it was a pen or something. And I think he was leaving a message inside of the pocket watch. Um, oh, okay. So he left the watch behind with somebody else, you think? I and don't then, uh, know. That, that okay. was not made clear. He, he took it out of the bag either way and opened it up. It was there in the scene for half a second. It was it was there. You're ex- I don't know you're, what happened. You're acting as that. if there's a reason to revisit this next week with Glenn again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, odd, isn't it? Hmm. Um, so back in the pet store, Annie and Scott uh, point out that their injuries are slowing everyone down. She has the, the sprained ankle. He's been shot in the leg. And they urge the group to keep going without them. And Heath looks pointedly at Michonne and refuses to leave anyone behind. And afterwards, Michonne confronts him about his attitude. He tells her he overheard Rick's instructions to leave people behind. And Michonne angrily reminds Heath that he hasn't had to survive like Rick and her and the rest of the group have. He doesn't know what it's like out in the world. He might think he does, um, and he and he tries to counter that. You know, he's been out there a lot. But Michonne, po- Michonne points out that he's never been covered in so much blood that you don't know if it was yours or Walker's or your friends. And boy, will that come back later twice. Good monologue. Michonne really acted very, very well here. Uh, just it was nice to see some lines coming out of her. We don't see too much in the way of monologue from Michonne. So this was very well delivered. But he did make. And I actually put this in quotes. We don't leave people behind. Heath was saying, not us. Well, Nick and Aiden were the kings of leaving people behind the Alexandrians. So maybe Heath's group didn't, but a lot of people from Alexandria were left behind. So that's kind of ironic that he said that. Well, I mean, and I totally get what you're saying. And I've, I've seen other people saying the same thing. And it is funny because the Alexandrians pretty much constantly leave people, other people behind. But Heath is speaking specifically of his group, which are those people, because they're the people he got out of the truck with. They were on the supply run. So theoretically, like... His group is the competent one, uh, you know, the good one who don't actually leave each other behind. Well, I'll give on, him the benefit of the doubt on that one. They go on runs and stuff, so they probably get right. more used to it. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, the Bichon monologue is very good. I, I like hearing that. I was thinking as I was watching it, remember when we didn't like this character because of like how <laughs> much investment they the writers thought we had in just seeing this badass of swords, and now it's like, now she's like a developed character that we enjoy watching. I, I like that. And I kind of wish it just stopped there and we didn't really have too many callbacks to the same speech that she gave moments earlier, but this is that show, so. I will say that I found some of her deliveries, because she gives, she gives a couple of little smaller monologues as well, to be very monotone. I wish she would fluctuate it a little bit. It seems like she's at, she's on a very constant tone in all of them, and I wish she'd just, you know, vary it up a little bit. That said, it's still a very good monologue. I think it speaks to her standoffish nature. That's, that's true. Yeah. yeah, well, that's absolutely true. Yeah. So out in the town, Glenn and Nicholas find a walker pinned underneath a car, and Nicholas recognizes the walker as a friend that he and Aiden had left behind, because again, that's what they do uh, during one of their supply runs, and uh, he he says it should be him to take it out, because Glenn's about to, um, you know, he's... It's his fault that this happened to this guy. He needs to be the one to put it right. And Glenn kind of talks him through it and, and, and points out, you know, you're not that guy anymore. You know, you can be a new person. You can be reborn into a into a good person who's not the worst person ever, aside from Sturgis. And it seems like they're working towards something there. Nicholas did a really good job acting with his eyes right there when he was hovering over the body before he, oh, yeah. he stabbed it in the head. Just really good. I, I was just, just amazed by that. Just good acting on his part. 
And it's about this time that the characters also start to hear gunfire coming from Alexandria as well. So they start to, everyone starts to pick up the pace and get a little bit more agitated. I tend to think a lot of great moments of The Walking Dead come from characters reacting to something rather than trying to speak it um, in some (laughs) pronounced way. Um, Some monologues aside, I mean, Rick has his moments, and we just talked about one great one by Michonne. I do think there's a lot of, a lot of good comes from the less people say in this show, um, since I do think there's issues every now and then with dialogue but uh so i and i do think nicholas again not a character i was like man can't wait to see what he's up to next but like i am very happy with what we were given of him in this episode meanwhile rick reaches the rv and races off down the road and i gotta say i love the i love the visual of the orange balloons flapping away as he's driving yeah. uh, like a bat out of hell <laughs> that was funny um uh, Michonne's group sits quietly inside the pet store and they watch walkers file by the storefront drawn by the gunfire because f- they're hearing it as well. And Michonne sees David writing a farewell note to his wife, Betsy, on uh, a roll of toilet paper. And uh, when he tries to hand it to her, she refuses to take it and tells him you're getting home. And she writes that on her arm as well. And the walkers that had been lurking in the back room of the store uh, start start to pound on an interior door, which draws the attention of the walkers outside. They kill the walkers inside. And uh, the, at first they're like, maybe we can wait for them to go, you know, go past. And then they see the herd or the half of the herd that broke away from the main herd uh, coming towards them. And uh, it's uh, basically time to go, because if they wait any longer, they are absolutely 100 percent going to die. It breaks down a little bit for me here, too. Why didn't they clear the store in the first place? Well, to be fair, I mean, that door was behind a poster. Like, it was a very effectively hidden door for no apparent reason. Okay, so that being said, there was two walkers in there, and somehow the sound of those two walkers transmitted throughout the closed door into the street 50 feet away and then attracted the other walkers over to that store. And, and of course, they had made no sound at all before that moment. Yeah, right. Well, That was dumb. It, it, I mean, I think there's ways to analyze it. I mean, the the noise that caused the zomb- the walk walker zombies to come towards the store was Michonne dispatching of said walkers. That was what kind of got their attention. I can imagine. I guess they're maybe waking up as they realize there are people in the room with them because Michonne and the gang were already being quiet to begin with because they wouldn't want to attract anybody outside. So I think there's there's not that it you know this is pivotal They're, they leave this build the building you know three minutes later but right I mean, it would have been way more effective for me if like somebody had just made a slight noise inside the building like nothing not not enough to draw the walkers outside but just like you know knock something over accidentally just something yes. small and then the walkers in the back start making noise like that works for me but here exactly. it was just a, a fish sudden tank falling walkers. off the shelf or something that that's what would have worked I agree with you 100 percent. Mean, or just I, you know I, somebody I, leans against a a, a, a you know, a shelf and a can falls off onto the ground or something. I think there's a, by there's... the way, the pet food was called uh, pup grub. In case you're wondering, by <laughs> what? I didn't. So those keeping score, yes. I think I thought there was enough A to B to C to get the like understanding what's going on without having to have a cliche of like some stupid Alexandrian knocks over a box of crackers and everyone's coming after them all of a sudden. <laughs> well, then make it Michonne or something. Make it somebody we like. Well, and I want to see one of my favorite characters be like, "Hey, I knocked over something in an accident. Be, be mad at me now." <laughs> Uh, so, meanwhile, Glenn and Nicholas reach the feed store, only to find out that the very flammable building has already burned down. Uh, so, Glenn de- desperately <laughs> urges Nicholas to suggest another building as the massive herd moves toward them down the street. That, that, made, that moment made me laugh so much, because it's just like the, 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 the one place they're going is entirely, like, nothing else around it's burnt down, just that store. That just made yeah. me laugh. It's like, wow, the, the writers really don't want to give these guys a break this week. <laughs> the, the one store they wanted to go to is gone. <laughs> 
Uh, so Michonne's group is running from the zombies. Annie gets taken down and gets eaten. She does manage to take out a few walkers, though. She gets a heroic death. Yeah, she will. did her job. Yeah. Girl could um, shoot. Okay, but hold on. She had a gun, didn't she? Yeah. I mean, why didn't she shoot herself in the head? I, 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 I wondered I that, know. too. <laughs> okay. Heat of the moment. I, I, I You know, not everybody has it in them to do that. And also, in the heat of the moment, if you're ever going to make a mistake, it's going to be when a thousand walkers are trampling you, you know? Yeah. Uh, so Michonne's group goes down an alley and they find a gate and they climb over it one by one. But the herd catches up with them and claws at Michonne and David, who are the last to go over. Uh, Michonne <laughs> makes it. David doesn't. And they tear him apart as Heath and everyone else looks on in horror. Heath gets covered in David's blood, you know, calling back to that conversation earlier. And we get a nice close up of the toilet paper note. Yeah. The, okay. Same question. Yeah. Why didn't they take David out? This, I this mean, seemed like the getting... moment Michonne could have stabbed somebody in the face, which he started the episode off doing. Like I was like, why is she standing there? After, by the way, after she stood on the like the fence for like eight minutes, I swear to God, it took for forever to get like one zombie <laughs> off her, off her boot so she can climb over a fence. The girl can, yeah. girl can knock zombies' heads off like that. I think she could move her foot up. A bit. <laughs> <laughs> but again, Heath had the gun. He was three feet from David on the other side of the fence. He could have just put him out of his misery and shot him in the head. And again, it's, sword. Instead, let him get sword in Michonne's hand. She could have just, you know, poked. Uh, that too. Like, I, mean. I can buy that Heath doesn't have it in him to do that, but Glenn, or Michonne does, so. Yes. <laughs> and so we're now joined by Jim Dietz. How are you doing, Jim? Hello. There he is. What are your general thoughts on the episode before we get back to the uh, episode discussion? Uh, in a word, wow. <laughs> Good wow or bad wow? Good wow. Okay. I mean, it was it was it was the kind of tense, uh, action packed uh, uh, thrill ride that I've come to expect from Scott Gimple and uh, Greg Nicotero and company. So, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Let's get things straight though. Right now, Jim Dietz, happy birthday, belated birthday. Oh yes, happy birthday. Oh sir. well, thank you guys. Appreciate that for sure. I ate a giant uh, uh, burrito and uh, I thought you were going to say old. turtle. No. <laughs> No, but boy, didn't that look taste tempting on the episode, though? With <laughs> some good turtle eating there, my friends. They have bigger bones than I thought they'd have, but okay. <laughs> yeah, th- th- this is a weird aside, <laughs> but going back to the last week's episode, I did note when watching that, I was like, I don't think that's what turtle bones look like. But then again, <laughs> I don't have a clue what turtle bones look like. Let alone she was very efficient at getting them out of the shell she didn't crack open. Like, she's like, she got... <laughs> So, uh, in, in another part of town, while uh, while uh, David is being ripped apart and not being put out of his misery because everyone else is a jerk, uh, Glenn and Nicholas are uh, going down another alley, and they get also cornered by the walkers, but on the other side of their fence are more walkers, so they can't go over. Eventually, they climb on top of a dumpster, um, and they're being surrounded by just a ton of walkers, including Greg Nicotero, who uh, you, you may have noticed as, as one of the uh, hero walkers there. And he zoomed in on his face pretty good, I mean, right in the center of the screen, so yeah, it was hard to miss him in that show. Well, even before that, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Greg Nicotero, and then, like you said, yeah, he gets that big close-up, and I was like, that is definitely uh, the EP of the show. <laughs> now, can someone clear up for me why everybody was following Nicholas? Because like, he knew that town. Well, <laughs> okay, because I thought Heath had said he had made runs to that town as well, and I don't know. I just it just seemed like I don't know. I'm pretty sure it he said like that, shaky, that Nicholas shaky, had made shaky shaky runs to that town before, but I'm not sure. What got me is it, it seemed like, I was curious more of do they know how like maps work? Like you can just leave yeah. the ta- like it seemed like they're spending a lot of time of trying. Like I get that they're being like held up, but 
I mean, Walker's coming, guys. Like, I don't think there's time to stop. It's time to just keep moving. You're you're faster than Walker's. I don't care what leg you have. It's, and you know what? It's not like a map in an old Silent Hill game or something. I mean, yeah, there it, are many streets and alleys and open roads and like in a, in a town that you could take. I mean, it would be pretty obvious which way they would go. I mean, you you go one time. direction, right? I mean, that's yeah, right. You go the opposite the direction you came. Mm-hmm. But let's not forget, I think also they had that idea to light the feed store on fire and hopefully stop the zombies from going any further by having them be attracted to the fire. At least I, th- I thought that was what the plan was. Honestly, there was so much like, here's the plan, 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 plan. I couldn't like really decide yeah, yeah, exactly every single plan that, they, yeah. they seemed to be working out. <laughs> As I said on either the Facebook group or the spoiler Facebook group, I can't remember which one, there was a lot of, here's the plan. I disagree with the plan. Well, we're doing the plan anyway. Well, I'm not doing the plan. Oh no, the plan fell apart. Here's the new plan. Yeah. I disagree with that plan. Yeah, this over is, and over. Again. This wasn't exactly David Mamet writing the screenplay here, so I couldn't really decipher what the plan actually was. <laughs> Plans are for closers, Aaron. Plans are for closers. Yeah, I mean, the only part that really even like slightly made sense is when they went into the the pet store or whatever, just because one of them had been shot in the leg, and then the other had broken her ankle or something. You know. Yeah, there's a point where it's like, all right, they could stop, I guess, but it's like. Walkers yeah. are coming. Let's just leave. Let's stop. Stop. Yeah. Stop staying here. Let's stop trusting guy that seems to stare off into space every two minutes. GTFO, as the kids exactly. say. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> but to answer your question, Jim, I think Heath made a statement saying that Nicholas was the last person in that town. Or, he, hey, you were just here, or you were the last one here. Where, where do we go? That He did say a line like that. So, And that's where his comrade was. We found him dead anyway in, in the middle of the road there. So Glenn and Nicholas are stuck on top of that dumpster. They're surrounded by walkers. Um Nicholas starts to have another one of his PTSD episodes. Glenn pulls him out of it, and uh, we, we get some POV shots, which I actually thought were very effective. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, you know, first we see Glenn from Nick's point of view. Then we see Nick from Glenn's point of view. And Nick finally gets his bearings just long enough to look at Glenn square in the eye, say thank you, pull out his sidearm, and shoot himself in the face, which sprays Glenn with all the blood. Again, calling back to Michonne's earlier uh, monologue. Uh, Nick's body falls on top of Glenn. They fall into the walkers, and then we get some very carefully framed shots, which we will talk about in detail later, uh, where we see Glenn's face, we see lots of gore, we see guts and intestines being pulled out, and we see Glenn covered in blood, and we pull away and don't go back to that for the rest of the episode. So Glenn may be dead. But we will have a lot to talk about with that later. <laughs> now, without without talking about that detail in terms of the what happened, who shot Mr. Burns, whatever. Uh, the um, <laughs> the why did Glenn fall down? Because I've I I get the lot. I get what they're trying to tell me that Nicholas fell off Glenn. But watching that scene again and again and again, because I'm sure we all have watched that scene again and again and again. There seems to be no reason Glenn should have fallen off that thing besides being directed to fall off that thing. Well, I mean, A, directed to fall. B, Nicholas was, some of his weight was going on to Glenn. But also, if you think about one of those. watching the scene. It's like he just One of those rolly dumpsters like that, which don't weigh a lot, like that was a plastic one. The moment the weight shifts, it's going to start rolling in the opposite direction. And granted, we don't really see this in the way the, the, the shot is shown, but the moment Nick starts falling in one direction and his feet start pushing the other, that dumpster is going to move back about a foot and Glenn's definitely going to fall. Again, we don't see that, but I can rationalize it in my head. I, I, can, I can easily rationalize it. That's no question. I get what happened. I just watching it, I was like, wait, why did he fall? That was my main question before it actually happened. And suddenly my question had my mind had way more questions that were much different than that one. <laughs> 
Also, the music in the scene was great, by the way. Oh, yeah. Really. The music like in the whole music. episode has been great. Uh, oh, yeah. It's that dark synth kind of sound. And they, if you, again, if you watch these three episodes, the first one, the second one, and this one together, they all have the same type of sound. It's it's, it's very well woven together, these these first three. There's a really cool, like, Left for Dead moment when um, Michonne and Heath and the gang, they bust out of the room where the herd is coming. It sounds just like, it's it made it seem like a video game at that point. They, like, burst out of the room, shooting off zombie heads, and Michonne gets, like, a triple kill. It's all fun, kinds of fun. And Michonne keeps yelling, pills here, pills here. Exactly, exactly what happened. The, um, the whole time I watched the sequence with, with Glenn and Nicholas, all I could think about was, okay, this is Glenn, this is one of the major five, you know, the last five or whatever from the originals. How are they going to get him out of this? You know what I mean? Exactly. Because I didn't, you know, I didn't think that, that, you know, that's all I could think was like, okay, how are they going to get Glenn out of this this time? This is a real pickle, you know? Almost like the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, but <laughs> they, you know, real and railroaded. Yeah, how they gonna get out of this one? Where's Waylon um, when, Jennings when you need him? Come on, <laughs> uh, yeah, you need that narration. Um, but anyway, um, when when Nicholas t- fell like that, with that scene that Aaron was talking about, when I, while I was watching, I was thinking, oh, this is how it's gonna happen. Nicholas will shoot himself. All the zombies will go toward him, and uh, Glenn will be able to make his escape. You know by distracting all the zombies with Nicholas. And that's, I mean, it's not the way it played out, but that's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. You know, because like, like you said, it didn't look like Nicholas would have been able to knock Glenn over into the pile. You know, it didn't seem natural. I'll agree with what you're saying, Aaron. It, it, but if the casual watcher who doesn't rewind and watch it 50 times, just saw it, it happened so quick where I don't think anyone's going to really question it the way it happened. But we, we naturally question it, and, and you're right. It didn't look exactly seamless or natural it, the way he fell over into the pit. It, you're right. It reminded me of remember Jordan last year. We were discussing when that the uh, when Daryl and and Carol got in the van and jumped and drove off the, the side of the bridge. And, <laughs> oh, like, and, and the fell, orientation and of like, the false which is like, shot. Yes, it's like this gravity does not work this way. Basically, was the logic of that. One. That's kind of what it reminded me of here. That said, I was also ready to accept Glenn running over the tops of Walker heads like Live and Let Die style, Roger Moore, James Bond, and like get over that way. So you know, I'm, I'm all for I'm all game for crazy things to happen. As long as Super Mario sound effects play when he does that, I'm cool with that as well. For sure, exactly. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, grim and exhausted, Michonne and Heath help Scott limp through the woods. And as they wade through a creek, uh, Heath looks down at his reflection and sees him covered in his friend's blood. Again, calling back to that uh, monologue from Michonne earlier in the water. That's where that's where the, I thought that's, the zombie was going to come out of the water. I felt like something was going to come and grab him. Yeah, because it looks like yeah. his foot gets stuck for a second, and it, yeah. like he's about to say, "Oh no, there's something under here." But luckily, they didn't go that that trope. No. Weren't they helping Abraham, not Scott? Uh, no, Abraham's in the car with Sasha. Oh, uh, no, I mean, uh, um, um, Father um, Gabriel. I'm no, sorry. thankfully he was not in names. this episode. He's still back at Alexandria yeah, cause, cause, being cause Rick, not killed. Because oh, right. Rick told okay, him no I'm right sorry. away in the first episode. He's like, no. Right, I remember now. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, when um, when when Heath looked in the water, I was waiting for Michonne to turn to Heath, and then it'd be a shot of Michonne looking at the camera saying, get it? And that, that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been perfect. <laughs> yeah, I thought sure there was going to be like a Friday the Thirteenth moment where something, you know, a zombie was going to hop out of the water at Heath. But I kind of wish it did just for the walk dead to be like, yeah, we don't care that you're still mourning over Glenn. We want to just continually shock you and <laughs> hear something else now. Meanwhile, Rick stops the RV at the edge of the woods where he's going to intercept the herd when they get there, and he tries to reach Glenn by walkie-talkie, but he receives no response. Uh, then he radios Daryl to tell him the breakaway herd will soon be back on track, but he gets no response. Uh, which again. 
I talked about this a little bit earlier, but I love this breaking down of Rick. Like, he just keeps radioing people and giving no response, and you can just see him start to panic. Uh, and as he waits, two men sneak into the RV and fire at him. Hey, it's those wolves that Morgan let escape from Alexandria with a gun. Yeah. Surprise, surprise, that came back to hurt somebody. Uh, Rick dives, he returns fire, he kills them. Um, and then as he's walk- looking around, first he finds a uh, thing of uh, baby food in the one guy's pocket to let us know that this is indeed the people from Alexandria and to tell Rick that something really bad happened at Alexandria. And then he sees in the, in the uh, side view mirror of the RV more wolves sneaking up outside the RV and he opens fire on them with uh, with a gun through the walls, killing all of them without even able- being able to see them directly. It's pretty awesome. Well, I, think, I think the real implication is that something had happened to Judith. Even more than something that happened to Alexandria, you know what I mean? Because oh, true, yes, good It was point. specifically baby food, it wasn't something else. It certainly causes speculation yeah. that something could have happened, but yeah, obviously it also indicates that this, these are people from Alexandria that got stuff. Yeah, and when that wolf came in and shot the RV, there were sparks that flew out from underneath the dashboard. So obviously they put some kind of squib under there and they made it explode, so maybe that's why in a second the RV won't start because I had to rewatch that I'm like why won't the stupid that's RV exactly start that's exactly why, just... why would it... of course it is he shot he put bullets into the RV that's, what, that's the only one reason why right <laughs> but it was like I thought they were outplaying that cliche again okay the stupid RV won't start again Dale's RV blew up again it's like these RVs keep stopping they keep blowing up And but I guess the wolf shot it up and that, that, that made me feel a little bit better about the thing not starting oh, for sure. and I believe the wolf also shoots Rick's radio um, because there was some question about yes. that on the Facebook group. I believe the the bullets hit both things, um, and so that's why neither one wants to work after that. Not, nothing hit Rick though, because his spider senses were tingling. Like he jumped right out of the way. <laughs> yeah, like the, <laughs> the dude had the drop on him. There's no reason Rick should be able to sense this unless no. he has mutant yeah. abilities. I mean, he got out of there. Uh, so Daryl hears gunfire over the walkie, and he calls Rick's name, but he gets no response. And so he turns around, races down the road, and re- reluctantly rejoins Abraham and Sasha as the herd trails behind them. Uh, Michonne, Heath, and Scott arrive at Alexandria to find the outlying buildings burn and to walk past the uh, Arno food trucks. And uh, Michonne unsheaths her katana. And then for our final shot of the episode, which I really like, uh, well, first Rick tries to start the IV, the RV, but it won't work. He keeps trying and trying. He starts panicking more and more. Um, uh, and But he's just not getting any response from it. And then the camera pulls back and we get this awesome overhead shot of the, the herd uh, the half of the herd that broke away starting to come through the woods and just surround the RV and we cut to black but I love that final shot and it's just like this is not a good day for Rick Rick Grimes is having a bad Monday it's a yeah. nice nod to that classic horror trope though of the car not starting you know what I mean oh yeah <laughs> I just hope Rick has a but, screwdriver you know, <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned an overhead shot they used several in this episode which yes. i thought was great because it finally gave us some sense of scale usually we're in these roads that are tree lined and you're in the middle of georgia or i should say virginia now although it's still georgia but either way they zoomed out they showed daryl with the bike meeting up with the car and the herd of zombies what a great shot that was it was cg but damn it didn't feel like it and then there was another shot like you said the overhead where rick's rv got overrun and I think there was another, there was a last set, uh, uh, overhead shot as well. There was one final one. So there was multiple ones, and that, I thought that was just perfect. It it certainly works in the favor of a show that has like hundreds of zombies in one location, as opposed to just a few or something here or there. This is you know they really want to emphasize the fact that there's this massive herd that we're dealing with currently in this season. So let's make sure to show that there's a massive herd of zombies, and that this is this is stuff that they're dealing with now. Mm. Plus, it was super helpful to see where they were in relation to one another. 
Yeah. Because, I mean, that wasn't really made clear a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, we don't really know where Daryl went this whole episode. It seemed like he drove in one big circle, I guess, if we want to call it that. Yeah. Or at least a, you know, a line back and forth. Back and forth, yeah. (laughs) So let's take a moment before we head into our busters to talk about our sponsor. Of course, our sponsor this week and every week on the Walking Dead TV podcast is Discount Comic Book Service and their sister site, InStock Trades, at dcbservice.com and instocktrades.com. We talk about them them every week and you probably know the deal by now, but if you've missed it or if you just need a refresher, here's the deal. Comics... And comic book related merchandise is really expensive, like to an annoying degree expensive. We're talking three, four, five, six dollars sometimes for an individual book, ten, fifteen, twenty dollars for a trade, expensive t shirts, expensive hats, expensive hoodies. Don't spend that much money on that. That's stupid. Go to InStockTrades.com, go to DCBService.com, and save big money on your comic books, your trades, and your comic book related merchandise. We're talking 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, and sometimes even more. Uh, percent off uh, on your on your comic book merchandise and comic book related merchandise. They're an awesome sponsor. They've been really great to us. They have great customer service and uh, check them out. You're going to like them. So DCBService.com, InStockTrades.com, get your comics and comic book related merchandise on the cheap. Uh, Compendium 3 is coming out really soon or just came out last week. I can't remember the exact date, but if you want to check out 48 issues of The Walking Dead all in one go, you're going to get it at the best discount you can find at DCBService.com. So check that out. You'd be a real Father Gabriel not to do this. <laughs> We're a Sturgis. <laughs> Don't be a Sturgis. Use DCBService.com. Nobody wants to be Sturgis. So, gentlemen, let's talk about our busters, of course. One buster is terrible. Five busters is awesome. And the things in between are in between on a relative scale that you would expect from one to five. So, Aaron, on a scale of one to five busters, what do you give? Thank you. Well, uh, I mean, despite having some a significant moment that we will be debating for days here, I'm still going to give it a solid four busters. I think it's a, a really strong episode. Again, I just think it's a couple of notches under the previous couple of weeks. But, you know, there's a lot of good work here in terms of keeping up the intensity, showing us, you know, the, the massive zombie horde that's still, you know, causing a lot of uh, danger and whatnot for the our you know our heroes. So uh, it's a good episode, really strong, action heavy, uh, you know, and exciting to watch. So four busters. I like four point five busters for this one. This I am into the action heavy things, and that's uh, that's what gets me going. So I really enjoyed that aspect of this episode. There was some good moments as well. Like I said before, some good dialogue and monologue from Michonne we haven't seen from her. Uh, some other characters as well, uh, maybe the secondary characters, or even in this case, tertiary characters, uh, but for the Alexandrians. But either way, I enjoyed this episode a lot. The direction was really solid. Again, the music was very well uh, integrated into the episode. And, and I, again, as I said, these three episodes are very much almost one episode, the way it feels. If, I wish I could just binge watch it. Well, I can now. It's on my DVR. I guess I could do that. But very, very interesting. And we'll talk about the the debate that is to come as far as Glenn's fate is concerned in just a moment, and I'll, I'll reserve my comments until the, the spoiler section. 4.5 busters. I will give it a 4.5 busters if a certain thing that we're going to talk about in the debate actually occurred, and if not, I will take away two busters. <laughs> two? Two yeah. entire busters? Okay. Yes, because I would think that was such a cheat from uh, from what they showed us. So, uh, But again, we'll get into that debate later. But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed the episode, full of action, a lot of tension, good character moments, uh, 4.5 busters, unless, uh, well, like I said, we'll get to that when we get to the, the uh, debating area. 
I'm also going to give the episode four and a half busters, although there's no there's no asterisk for me. It's 4.5, regardless of how that plays out. Uh, the, the beginning was a little slow. Some of the plans and new plans and disregarding of plans was a little bit confusing, although in retrospect, I do think it all works out, but I think they could have done a better job of it, of just laying it out there in the beginning. Um, a couple of the line deliveries here and there I found a little bit you know, monotone and that kind of thing, and, and like we already talked about at the beginning, the reoccurring, here's a new person who disagrees with Rick, oh, they're dead, I think we've had enough of that for the season, yeah. so maybe we can do <laughs> yeah. different things now. Uh, that yeah, would I was, I, I was going to mention that, it was like, you know, as soon as that guy spoke out about Rick, like two minutes later... I mean, it was funny. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but we've seen it now. Let's let's do some new things. But aside from that, I thought it was a really solid episode. I thought uh, all the action there, particularly the end stuff with Glenn and that ending scene with Rick was really, really solid. So I'm going to give it a 4.5. But who cares what us bunch of Sturgis's think? Jim, what do our listeners over at the Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook group think of this week's episode every week we ask our uh, members of our facebook group what they thought of each episode of the walking dead and that facebook group by the way is called the walking dead tv podcast facebook group we're over 600 strong and you should really come join us we have a lot of good news there you can read uh there are links there to aaron's reviews of of the episodes uh, that he does um we have a lot of new good news links fun memes and um there's a lot of good discussion without a lot of, uh, you know, trolling or whatnot. It's, it's a good group, so definitely check that out, The Walking Dead TV Podcast. But every week we ask what, what you thought and uh, with your busters, and uh, this week is no exception. Uh, Hesron Mack, five, wow, the bl- three black guys made it out out of five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best episode so far, good direction, action, suspense, great cliffhanger ending. Uh, Pamela Burton, I can't believe what I just watched. I don't even know what rating to give. Did it really happen like that? Uh, did they really kill Glenn? Just, you know, stunned and amazed, I guess. A Brent Jones, solid four. What the F did I just watch out of five? <laughs> I gotta say, I love the dumbass line. Uh, did that bring Glenn's character around full circle? Uh, Shailen Bensavega, a five buster blues out of five. Uh, that was actually, actually much milder death than in the comic. There, there's no way they could have done it like the book on TV. Uh, I like this better. Uh, Seth Tillman, 4.5 Glenn, still alive, dumbasses, out of 5, with the way they fell off the dumpster in the overhead shot, showing such a small feeding spot, I can't say for sure he's dead. Uh, Cheryl Morris Goodman, I want to give it 5 out of 5 because it was narratively, bro- narratively brilliant and nuanced, I'm just angry. Uh, Everard Santa Marina, I'm not sure what rating to give, it really did have me on the edge of my seat, I got slightly spoiled by it, but I don't care that much about spoilers. Uh, I wasn't sure he was going to get it. Uh, but it could have been anyone from a production value standpoint. This is right up there. Five out of five. Uh, Susan Monk, four nerd rage riots over a fake death out of five. Let's see. Uh, Mike Jones, four spouse kebabs out of five. Oh. Uh, not, not a good week to be a husband on the show. While I was thrilled they let the black characters live, I don't appreciate continued violence against RVs. <laughs> <laughs> it's the RVs that suffer. It really is. Uh, Trisha Terrell Collins, 4.25 busters. I really have nothing clever to write after watching. Uh, I kept thinking Dale could have gotten that RV going. Uh, Carl Hooker just rewatched, <laughs> and the way Nicholas fell on top of Glenn, there's no way. Uh, it leaves some wiggle room, at least. Uh, if that's the case, I give it 4.75 dumpster dives out of 5. Uh, Max Sofer, 4.5. Heath better check himself out of 5. <laughs> I'm in the Glenn's Not Dead camp. Jason Voss, 4.75, and I'm devastated. Uh, David Butte, Butte III, it's a 5. Alan Rutledge, four out of five dumpster dives. 
having Glitch survive would be a cheap way out. Uh, Mike Glickstrom, 4.5 floppy hats. It bothered me that nobody, especially Michelle, put David out of his misery while watching him being eaten. Yeah, that did bother me as well. Uh, David J. Garrick, four thank yous. A bit jumbled direction in the first third, but the pacing was good to the end. Uh, my brother Daryl Taylor from the DC TV podcast and Nothing's On. Uh, this season has started out strong and keeps getting stronger. Four out of five broken hands. Uh, Robert Nigro, five mummified pet store puppies. Uh, there was so much to discuss in this episode. Absolutely, that's why we have a podcast. Uh, Paul McInern, uh, four out of five busters with an Alexandrian demerit. They really are completely useless. Wow. Uh, Rick's face at the end was as hopeless as the episode. Uh, Rob Cook, four Winnebago, uh, four failed Winnebago jackings out of five. Oh. Uh, Richard Chopper Charrington, uh, Chopper Cherry Charrington, five, your pizza is going to be really late out of five. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, too soon, Richard, too soon. Uh, poor Maggie has lost everyone she cares for. It is true. Uh, Chris Pierce, I give it a four out of five. The whole car not starting is a real tired cliche I could do with that. Yeah, but to be honest, he shot it up with his assault rifle, so. Yeah, we, we explained that. We, we, we saw some yeah. sparks, so something happened exactly. there. Don't and blame it on the Winnebago. Yeah. Maybe the it's gun in the vehicle. RV just fell in love. <laughs> it's the ghost of Dale is going to come help him out. And then... <laughs> or screw them all over and hide all the guns in a swamp. Listen, Glenn knows how to fix RVs, too, you know. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. It can be all glowy yeah. like, the Jedi, like the guys in the Return of the Jedi, you know. <laughs> and then finally, Luke Smith. Uh, this season's knocking it out of the park. Another amazing episode, and he threw in a meme of Ron Burgundy uh, at, in a phone booth saying, I'm in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> so, uh, please join us, and it's The Walking Dead TV Podcast Facebook group. And like I said, we have a lot of fun stuff going on over there. Please, uh, if you listen to the podcast, you should definitely join the group as well. Absolutely. So we're going to close it out now. But again, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about next week's episode. Just, you know, the, the brief bit we, we have about it from AMC. We're going to talk about whether Glenn is really dead and why we think that. And then a, a little bit of book stuff uh, also about Glenn uh, to, to tie that all up. So if you don't want to hear any of that, you know, cut out now. We won't be offended. We understand. But uh, here's the outro for you. Of course, you can get in contact with us at WDTV at HHWLOD.com or follow us on Twitter at HHWLOD underscore network. I'm at Jordan FRM Jersey. Aaron is at Aaron's PS4. Jim is at Yoda Jones and Craig is at Auto Chat Show. Is that correct? Yes, sir. I'm going to have this down one of these days. You got it. <laughs> or at least I will have the doubt that I don't have it down out of my head. <laughs> and, of course, you can check out the Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook group as well. Uh, a lot of fun there. A lot of discussion going on, particularly right now. So check that out. But So until there's no more room in the hell and the dead walk the earth, remember, thank you. Have a good week, See everybody. You, Jerry. And next week on The Walking Dead, of course, if you don't want to know anything at all, you know, cut out now. And of course, this is one, believe me, even if you're spoiler phobic, I wouldn't worry about this one particularly, you know, if you want to get to the Glenn, is he dead or not discussion. So don't worry too much. Next week's episode is called Here's Not Here. That's H-E-R-E-S-N-O-T-H-E-R-E. Here's Not Here. And it's going to be 90 minutes, by the way. So set your DVRs accordingly or your 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 Betamax recorders, if that's what you're still using, and still have to oh, set yeah. it automatically. But it's going to be 90 minutes, and it's going to be, from what we can tell, completely or at least the vast majority of it will be 
a flashback to what happened with Morgan, either between season one and now, or between clear and now, or some combination of that. So it's going to be a flashback Morgan episode to kind of break things up a little bit. So I, even as a spoiler phobe, don't consider that particularly spoilery. But uh, the, the brief synopsis we have from AMC is... A new face and settings are introduced. With all that's going on in the apocalypse, can people be trusted? I feel like I said last season that I really don't need an episode focused on Morgan in his backstory, and it's almost as if, like, Scott Gimble's throwing this in my face. We're saying, well, you know what? You're going to get it anyway, which is like, all right, fine, 90 minutes of Morgan. I can't I can't <laughs> feel bad about that, but still. <laughs> this will be the first non-premiere or finale that'll be 90 minutes long, or I guess maybe mid-season premiere finale. I can't remember. I don't think any of those were 90 minutes. Yeah. I don't know. No, but, they weren't. So, I, episode three will be a ni- or episode four will be a ninety minute episode. Weird, random, but okay, cool. Okay, so Aaron, you can handle this. You can handle ninety minutes potentially of Morgan and his Zen Cheese Master versus two episodes of the Governor last year, right? Which I think you despised. Uh, so, oh yeah, no, I can't. We can't stand that. <laughs> what if they give Morgan an atrocious fake beard? I dig it. <laughs> and, a, and an eye patch. I, the, uh, come on! It, they can give them all the gla- sunglasses and funny wigs and hats, and they want to. <laughs> the, the The key is that somehow Letty James made Morgan more of an indelible character that I'm happy to deal with in the span of what probably amounts to like 50 minutes than an entire season featuring the governor, who I just I couldn't get around. <laughs> so I mean, as, good, good job David Morrissey for getting a good acting gig and doing your best, but like that's not a character I really enjoyed seeing on the show. Whereas I see this Morgan character who's done nothing but present me with awesomeness, and I'm happy to deal with it. Uh, I just wanted to mention to our listeners they're going to be uh, premiering the uh, the first trailer from the upcoming Preacher series uh, during that episode of Walking Dead next week as well, which is uh, also based on a graphic novel and is also very cool and worth your time. For sure, I love that series. All right, gentlemen, let's get our uh, let's get our blackjacks and, uh, and brass right. knuckles out and debate: Is Glenn really dead? Now, I should go. I, I, I shouldn't do anything. I'm going to go first and say. I'm very much on the fence, but I think he's going to make it. I think there's a lot of evidence pointing in both directions, a lot of even subtle things pointing in both directions, but I think that he's going to make it in the long run. I have Scott Gimple's statement here that he wrote to the Talking Dead. Yeah, why don't you read that for us? So we, we I'll have read that it right context. now. In and of itself, it's unusual. I mean, yeah. Usually when a character dies, they're on the couch of the Talking Dead because that's their send-off. That's their way to say goodbye to the fans, and... It's been a tradition. And they're in the in-memoriam for that, which he was not. uh, I'm sorry, who wasn't? Glenn was not in the in-memoriam. No, he was not either. That's that's a very good point. And and then they had to kind of backtrack on that. But let me read Scott Gimble's statement. He goes, Dear fans of The Walking Dead, this is a hard story to tell. And when we were planning to tell, uh, we knew our fans of The Talking Dead would be talking to you about it and knowing you'd all be talking and feeling and commiserating. I knew we should say something about it, lest our silence say something we didn't mean to say or not say. Uh, So I'll say this, in some way we will see Glenn, some version of Glenn, or parts of Glenn, again, either in flashback or in the current story to help complete the story. And that was his his written statement, which was read by Chris Hardwick on The Talking Dead. So what we've learned from that is that Scott Gimple should run for office, because that said nothing. Well, he always says nothing (laughs) when he's on the couch anyway. I mean, it's his job, but that was was doublespeak. Oh, Um, in its finest. Yes, exactly. So, that being said, I'll give my opinion now. I guess we're going to go around the room here. I, I think that Glenn is not dead. And I haven't Googled spoilers since you said it at the beginning of the episode, Jordan. I haven't been on Google looking for it. I don't think he's dead the way they shot it. Uh, 
the way they framed it. The way the story is, he, he's just, I don't think, I think he is coming back. Let's just put it that way. And being absent from The Talking Dead was the biggest spoiler to me. And then, I, then it made me go back and rewatch the scene. And that, that's kind of bad. I mean, if I didn't watch The Talking Dead, then I guess maybe I would have thought he was dead. Well, right? I, I should be clear. My thought that he, or my belief that he is not dead has absolutely nothing to do with the spoilers that are out there and has nothing to do with what was on Talking Dead, although Talking Dead certainly seems to bolster my thoughts. I'm, I'm, I'm basing my is he dead or not only on what was in that episode. And what was in that episode of The Walking Dead makes me think that he is not dead. Yeah. That's what I'm like saying. It was, it was the uh, other person, Nicholas, getting eaten. So wrapping up, I think this is going to be the who shot JR of this century. I mean, they're going to stretch this out as long as they can. I think they're maybe not even going to wrap it up until the end of the season or beyond. They're going oh, to stretch this not. thing out. I doubt that. They, they better give us an too. answer within. I'll give them. I'll give them next week's flashback episode, and I will give them one more episode. But they better wrap this up one way or the other before then, before before one more episode from there. Look at all the buzz this is getting. I mean, they're going to milk this thing. I think to the very end, you're going to see maybe you know Maggie in some mourning period, and and then, and then they're going to stretch this thing out. That, that's all I, I suspect is going to happen. Hopefully, by the midseason finale, to be wrapped up. I agree, but somehow I doubt it. So watching this the first time, I was like, "All right, well, he's dead. That sucked. Like that's kind of that was kind of my thought." But then, like you know, watching it the second time while I was writing my review, and then just seeing. They they someone like isolated the clip, so I was watching that clip again and again, and I was like, "All right, well, now every every single clip kind of furthered my doubt on the fact that this happened." And then just kind of thinking about the logic of him dying now, the kind of the way it happened, the the yeah the 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 kind of the trickiness to the shooting. It's just like there's no reason there would be ambiguity to the fate of a major character. If they wanted to kill off Glenn, I think they just straight up kill off Glenn. Obviously, there's you know the the kind of like how would he survive type thing. And I do think there's a possibility of like Nicholas's body being so, you know, just being devoured and like the leftovers kind of being on top of Glenn. So, you you know, you couldn't quite get to it. I think that's a little bit unbelievable, but I could, I could, I could see the show trying to go that angle. And of course there's also like last me- some kind of last second save, which I think would be a cheap way out if somebody were to come over and be like, draw their attention or something and get them off of, I don't even know why that would happen. Like, there's just, there, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of ways out of this, but at the same time, just the kind of, the overall logic of him being dead in this way, it just seems like there's too much against it to really be like, yes, this is the final time that we're going to see Glenn alive. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can totally see, well, first off, it's totally in that shot, Nicholas being bit and not him. There are guts being pulled out of the area of, uh, Glenn's chest. That's not where the intestines are. That's where the lungs are. The Walking Dead plays fast and loose with things, but they know enough about that to not make that mistake. It's clearly framed to not show you his face and the wound in the same clear shot. You know, you, you're seeing over the wound at his face, and you're not seeing you know a, you know a clear shot of him being ripped apart. That kind of stuff. I think there's a plenty of ways they can have him get out of that. All you have to do is have the walkers be eating Nicholas, have someone else show up and make a noise or something happen to distract the walkers, and he rolls under the dumpster, which they clearly show enough space under the dumpster there for him to fit. There are a number of ways to see this. Now, I could also see him totally being bitten in that scene, and this being the beginning of the end for him, where we might get like an episode or two more with him, but with him knowing he is going to die. And I think that Scott Gimple's quote is hinting at something which a lot of people have already been speculating at. We haven't really talked about it on the show, but there's been a number of hints that Maggie is pregnant so far, and I think, you know, 
him living on in some way, aside from him just maybe making it back to say goodbye, will be their kid, is, is what I'm thinking. That's not based on spoilers, that's not based on the comic, that is just based on the show and what we have seen so far. Uh, if you guys read my thoughts on uh, the first episode, because I wasn't on the premiere episode, but there, uh, I, I did kind of write, I feel like Glenn is kind of on the on the side of leaving the show as in terms of kind of his him being vulnerable based off his actions versus what Rick's doing, which is why I still want to see him live a little longer, just because I do think he has a very... He, he's kind of in the opposite place. He's he's a he's a Rick from a, I think we even mentioned this on the show before. He's a Rick from a couple seasons ago where he's trying to do everything he can to be compassionate, um, in a, in the midst of doing things for the greater good. And I do think there's more room to kind of see that thematically play out rather than just end it right away in this fourth this third episode of the season. Yeah, they're trying to drive that point home very hard. That there's Rick's way and then there's Glenn's way. Glenn's way is compassion, giving uh, Nicholas a chance to redeem himself, redemption. And Rick is totally about just, you're in my way, you're my enemy, you're dead, no no mercy, no compassion, you, you, and that's it. So they're being very blatant about that. But getting back to the death itself for a second, I don't think it was a very noble death if it was a death. And usually no. they give <laughs> these characters a noble way out. I, I didn't feel it was noble, if, that, if that's a good way of describing it, or, or heroic, or... Even suiting the character of the statue. No, it's a goofy death. Although, it's like, boop, boop, I hit you, go, I fell in the ball. <laughs> Although, if yeah. it was his trusting nature and his forgiving nature and his willingness to see the best in people, that is what kept Nicholas alive. And if that's what gets him killed in the end, I do think in, in some poetic way it is fitting. Not the most heroic, but uh, uh, damning even, but it, it's, it is in some way fitting. I, I think to if that. Glenn sacrificed himself for Nicholas or sacrificed himself for the group, oh, that would certainly be better. Don't get that me wrong. That would be better in his compassion angle or his his you know the, where, where he is in his mindset right now. But that wasn't it. Yeah, they just kind of like Aaron said, whoop, 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 fell over into into a pit of walkers. <laughs> it didn't really make sense. And um, and of course, you know, the mysterious about the Talking Dead. We will leave that alone at this point. But I, I think that. We, I think Rick is going to, I mean, I'm sorry, I think Glenn is going to survive for a bit longer. I don't know, but the being bit thing is interesting, though. I never really considered that one. Because, like we said, like, we, we keep saying any way for him to get out of that, you know, would feel like a cheat unless he doesn't make it out unscathed. Because if he makes it out but he was bit in the process, or bitten technically, I think that will that will fly a lot better because otherwise the moment they show he's still alive, you're going to have a lot of people going, that's BS. Like there's no way he got out of that. Even if someone did make a big noise and distract the zombies or, you know, land a helicopter in the center of them and chop all their heads off simultaneously or something, you know, no matter what, you've got to have something there. I do think it's so important. We should, we've all pretty much said we, we agree he's not dead, but we should look at the evidence that he is dead there's, like we talked about earlier, there's the dumbass comment bringing his character full circle to where we first saw him. Um, there's the whole thing with him pulling out the watch and doing something with it that's a very last moment's action. There's the fact that Scott Gimple was one of the walkers in the crowd. You know, he was the walker who bit Amy. He, Nicotero. Or, I'm sorry, did I say... Who did I say? Gimple. You said Scott Gimple. But... Scott Gimple, yes. yes yeah. Sorry, Nicotero. <laughs> that would be fun to the see. Uh, Actually, it would be. Gimple right, was a yeah. walker. But, uh, you know, Nicotero was the zombie who bit Amy, he tends to show up not just as random Walker when he has showed up there. I mean, I think there's been once or twice, but he is definitely there. There's a big shot of him 
and it feels like he would want to be part of that scene if this was really the one where, if Glenn was not at least killed, bitten. That, that just, That's just how I feel about it. It seems like an odd place to just put him if it was just big group of walkers. At the same time, if this show did decide to just kill Glenn off that way, as much as I'd be like, there's a lot of un, there's a lot of doors left open on why do that now and you can do it later. But I, did, I would have this kind of begrudging respect for the show to be able to be just that dark and cynical about everything. Like this, oh, for sure. Like, this is, like The Walking Dead is a very nihilistic show. I, I deal with that every week when I you know watch Rick be right in his terrible ways as random innocents get killed for questioning him. <laughs> but um, like the, uh, the, if the, it wouldn't be beyond me to believe that this show is incapable of doing something like that. It wouldn't be maybe the preferred method of doing that, but there's some, there's, you know, there's a ballsiness that I could admire for the, for going that route. Okay. Killing him off is one thing, but doing it the right way, like I said, in a noble way, at least having him go I, yeah, I, in the way I, that his I character deserves. I completely get that in terms of, you know, you want to see more, but that's, and again, I, you know, I, I prefer that as well. But again, there's this just begrudging respect I'd have for the show to be like, no, screw your emotions. <laughs> like, we're going to do this just the roughest way possible to make you really feel it. Like, I think that, that that would be a hell of a way for the show to really kick off. Like, we don't take any prisoners. And you got the whole Maggie component, too. Is she going to go out looking for him now if, if he doesn't show back up? I mean, there's a lot of things that can happen now. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's pretty much our thoughts based on the show for whether or not Glenn is dead or alive or why, um, or he, the evidence you know, pro and con. Now we're going to move into a separate spoiler section where we're going to talk about the comic and Glenn in the comic and things that happen to him in the comic that may or may not happen in the show. So this is your last warning for comic book spoilers up to and including issue 100. If you don't want to hear them, and trust me, if you haven't read the book, you don't want to hear them, cut out now. Okay. So if Glenn dies here, is this a better or worse death than Negan in issue 100? Because people hated that in issue 100. Well... So, I mean, I've said this many times on the podcast and just in general of Walking Dead. Um, Glenn's my guy. Like, I, I, there's various characters I think are awesome to watch or whatnot, but, like, Glenn's always been, like, my boy. Like, he's consistent. He's good. He does the right thing. He never makes any dick moves. He doesn't make any, like, questionable moves. He's just, like, he's just an all-around, like, he's, like, your, it's, like, beside from Rick, just because he's, you know, wakes up in this world, Glenn's basically your kind of, like, your in character. He's like he's almost the audience, except he you know has some experience of walking away from 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 Walker attacks. So, uh, looking at the deaths of these two, you know, versions w- were this one in the show to be an actual death. I guess I mean, I hate Negan. Like I know that there's a lot of people out there that have this kind of begrudging fun with Negan because of his just his penchant for swearing and the various things that he does as a character. I despise him. I don't find it fun to watch him. I really get annoyed by his presence in the comics. Um, I, I'm only so far, I've, I'm far enough to know things that happen to Negan, but like <laughs> watching him destroy Glenn, I guess that's more impactful on me just because it's like, who is this person I have to deal with? And he just took away my favorite character ever in this series. So, on the whole, yes, I think that one hurt. That that one makes me feel a lot more than this one were to, I guess. Because I mean, Craig, if if you want to call this death meaningless, like how do you compare it to that death, which was pretty much literally meaningless in terms of Glenn's agency? 
Now, I'm deliberately behind in the comics, just so you know. I, I don't want any... I shouldn't say spoilers, but although we're going to talk about them right now, it's fine. I know about how Glenn died in the comics, but I haven't gotten to that point yet myself. Okay, okay. Sorry, so I, I, I didn't even think about that to, to warn you yeah, before. Yeah, but that's... Okay. I, I, again, I, I <laughs> as long as he goes in, in a way that's befitting of his character, I'll just say it that way, the years he's put in, the, the what he's done with the show, he should go in, 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 in a noble brave, heroic send-off. So I'll just leave it at that. I would say if he did die in this episode, that is more fitting for his character than the way he died in the book. <laughs> at least for me, because it was it was his good actions coming back to bite him instead of just one person in this group is going to die, uh, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. literally, oh, it's you, Glenn. For me, this works better, honestly. Um, but then that, that leaves the question of who does... Who do they have Negan kill to make the impactful death of our remaining characters if it's not Glenn? Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I think, I actually think you're correct. I, that's exactly what I'm thinking because, you know, I don't think they have Morgan stay along, around nearly as long as he did in the book. And I think that would be a fitting way for them to bring him back. We get his full story next week. And then, you know, he gets. What, what, are we thinking Negan's going to show up in the mid-season finale or the finale? Or I think. I mean, they've already cast him. I think, right? I don't know if he's in this season or the beginning of next season, but he's already been cast. I would he? say. So, I would say probably the end of next season. season or the end of this season, not 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 this the season, not right. the mid-season finale. I would say the end of this season. And, and I I think that sounds perfectly reasonable. Um, I also think, speaking of comic book spoilers, I think the person who will probably rescue or at least get the zombies away from Glenn is is Jesus. I think that'll be our introduction to him. Yeah, and an immediate way, way for us to like too, him. Oh been. yes, okay. There are set photos of him. Um, he will definitely be around this season. So I mean, I think that would be an immediate way to ingratiate with us, us with that character, is have him save Glenn. I think just to go back to the impactful death thing, I think it's also I've been reading this comic since two thousand three. So I mean, <laughs> I I really like Glenn. <laughs> so I, I I know we've had years with Stephen Yoon as the character, and I think he does a great job as Glenn. I think he's probably probably the best cast character in this show actually if you had to really look at it versus the comic uh, certainly up yeah. there um what about father gabriel you don't think it's father gabriel i can't i can barely remember it so no <laughs> he's also awful yeah book, I, so. I i remember it being awful it's like i barely remember like the presence of him so it doesn't really matter that much to me but i mean so having over a decade worth of glenn's like oh well that sucked like that 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 hurts a lot i just lost this person so i know kirkman's made some um like comments, things he regretted about the comics. I'm not that far ahead, but deliberately not. But I know where Rick lost his hand, and I, I guess that the governor did that. The Shane um, thing he's regretted. The, the, well, killing Shane that early. Yes. Yeah. Because he died by what? The, the end of the first trade he was Yeah, yeah issue six. Or issue issue six. five or six, one, one of the two. You're right. It's like the last page of the trade. I, I, I like the trade paperbacks because they they're nice to hold, and I, I like yeah, this a yeah. bit better. Um, so, yeah, it's the last page of that one, of the, of the first trade. He goes, and he also regrets cutting Rick's hand off because it really debilitated his main character. And and I don't know if he said this or not. Maybe he does regret the way that Glenn goes. I don't think he said one way or the other. He may have, but I don't. I don't. I think a hundred episodes or a hundred issues in, he knew what he was doing at that point. If he's if he's going to kill a character, a main character, I think he he probably thought about it a little bit more than you know what this seems like a good idea. I think he kind of had it in mind of what he was going to do. Yeah, I mean. Because all the reasons he had for Shane and, and the Shane thing was all story reasons. You know, the story's way more interesting if you keep Shane around for a while. And the Rick thing, it's all story reasons. If he doesn't have a hand, a lot of the things you can do with the story are cut off. You are, you are 
semi-artificially limited in the stories you can tell because you have to have the character do things that a character can do with one hand. I, I, I do um, think, though, it also makes you have to kind of scrap together ideas based off that it makes you maybe stronger in coming up with something interesting to oh, do. Oh, don't get me wrong. I, I agree. I, I It's like with studio interference and stuff. Like, it's in my mind, it's almost always at least has the potential to be good because the more limited you are, the more creative you have to be. But from his perspective, I, I get what he's saying. For sure, yeah. And I don't, but I don't think there's anything limiting about killing off Glenn. You know, yes, obviously you can't tell any more stories with Glenn, but that is a calculated move. You know, like you said, Aaron, a hundred issues in, he knew what he was doing. But comic wise, yes, uh, show wise, I'm not so sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> we, yeah, well, that remains to be seen. So, would you guys be okay if Glenn's missing for a while, but somehow he returns right in time for Negan to kill him? No, <laughs> that would seem like, very convenient. I'm sorry, I had to step away for a moment. Jim, we are in um, uh, spoiler territory. We're, we're in comic book spoiler territory now. So we, we've even skipped the debate. All of us agreed Glenn's probably still alive. Um, we're now talking comic book spoilers, whether or not this death is better or worse than the Negan death, um, et cetera, so forth. Okay. Um, I, uh, I I don't know. I feel like if Glenn lives after this, that would be a, a huge cheat the audience i just feel like i would feel personally cheated because i mean i think they should let him be dead and live with their decision and i thought it was a pretty bold one i was kind of more shocked that the production decided to do that than i was in the actual character's death almost you know um but i i you know what i hope i hope he's not dead i mean and i kind of figure he probably won't be but i wish they would leave him dead I mean, I wish you, know, you showed us his intestines being eaten. So you know, well, Jim, or, but Jim, you know, you've, you've watched you've watched the episode. But, I mean, you could you could agree yeah. that it's not like the most like tellingly shot portion of the episode for it's not definitive. for good reason. I'd say it's not definitive. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm not yeah, saying yeah, that I completely know that he's alive, but at the same time, you watch that shot. It's I just I don't think the show would want to mask ambiguity over that character if they're really going to do that. I I I, I realize the you know it's not definitive. But I thought it was kind of bold for them to do that, and I thought, you know, wow, what a great, you know, what an awesome decision to you know, kill one of the quote unquote unkillable characters, you know, um, you know, and if they do leave him dead, I mean, I'm, I, you know, the thing with Negan would be just as impactful with Daryl. Daryl's another good Ooh, one, actually. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we were saying Morgan before, but Daryl's another good choice. Yeah. I mean, wow. I mean that same that same sequence with Negan and Lucille or whatever would be just as impactful with him. So maybe more so, actually. Oh, for easily. Yeah. Yeah, easily. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, I just, I just, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was a cool. I thought it was a bold decision. I was kind of like, you know, kudos to them, you know, for doing that, for having the the cojones to do such a thing, you know, to one of the main five or whatever. And then you know, I start reading online. Well, he's not really dead. He's you know. Well, um, it kind of took away you know, some of the coolness of that for me, you know. So I hope they stick with the decision that he's dead. I'm on the Stuff and Things Facebook page right now. There's a bunch of memes up there with Negan saying, "If Glenn dies, I'll fucking riot." <laughs> <laughs> uh, careful poking around there. There are spoiler spoilers there, like big time spoilers. So uh, I'm just re- yeah. <laughs> I'm just warning you. <laughs> you are in the right place to see them. Which yeah. is more impactful, Glenn's death in the show or Glenn's death in the comic? Obviously, the one in the comic. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. You know, it was definitely you know more more emotionally impactful and and let, was led up to for such a long time, um, with everything else that happened in that storyline, that you know this was, this kind of showed like the I mean by having Glenn die in this episode I think it kind of just showed the random brutality of their situation you know what I mean like everyone is free game even these people you thought were untouchable you know because they're more, more of the original cast so 
I thought it was a bold decision, and if they somehow Glenn's still alive, it just seems like they're kind of cheating their way out of that. So, but again, my opinion. You, you said unkillable characters, and there, there was the guy. I forget who it was. The guy that used to run Lost. He was on the Talking Dead. Damon saying, Lindelof. Well, you, what was that? Damon Lindelof. Yeah, that's Lindelof. exactly. And he was talking about okay. Uh, well, if this one's unkillable, if, if Rick's unkillable, Carol's unkillable, Daryl's unkillable, you know, Glenn's... Before long, the whole cast is unkillable. Then what do you do? You kind of... You, you're painted into a corner as a writer, as a producer, so the show has to remain nimble and off some people, I guess, periodically. Yeah, but whose opinion are we going to take? Damon Lindelof from Lost, bleh, or or Event Nicole Brown? Yes. <laughs> And Prometheus, don't forget that. Or a vet, or a vet Nicole Brown, who everyone loves because she's amazing. <laughs> she is pretty. Yeah, Nicole Brown is okay. Pretty then. <laughs> Glad that's settled. Yeah. And she wants Rick and Michonne to get together so bad. She keeps talking about that. Every <laughs> I'm shipping it. I'm shipping it. All right, gentlemen, have we exhausted the topics of whether or not Glenn is alive or dead, or comic spoilers and all that kind of stuff? I hope we've lost listeners talking about it so much. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, I think that's going to cover us for this week then, and we will come back and talk to you all next week about Here's Not Here. So have a good week, everybody. Thank you. Recording now. Test, testing, recording. waveforms. Recording. Uh, one. Audio. Oh, I'm sorry. You said one. Yes, one. I'm going to test this. Oh, two. <laughs> We're off. Three. Four. four five. Six. six. Okay. Does that, as dumb as it sounds, it's actually worked really well for lining really? everything okay. up. Really? Okay. So it's, I kind of like it. It's only my second time doing it, so I didn't yeah, know. No worries. <laughs> no worries. I'm recording the call also as a whole as well. So Thank you very much. Yeah. You know, actually, as much of a problem as we thought it was going to be last week, it, it worked out fairly well. I, I don't know if you listened to the, to the I episode. I listened to half of it. I didn't get to the part where I wasn't on it. So basically, I, yeah. I left no, in the fine. part where you dropped out and we didn't realize it, and uh-huh. then I edited in... You know, at producers' notes basically saying, "Hey, so here's what happened," and then there was like three or four points I think after that where you said something, like a, a lot of the stuff you you said I could cut out and it still flowed more or less okay. You know, you know, just how if we're all talking about the same subject, unless somebody specifically replying to somebody what you said, I can cut it. There was like three or four points where somebody specifically replied to you, so I basically did another producer's note saying. Aaron said something along the lines of this. Okay. <laughs> and then, um, and I made it clear that, you know, this was my best memory of what you said and not what you actually said. So I wasn't quoting you or anything. But, Fair enough. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you did it really smooth, though. I mean, it was very seamless. Okay. I didn't, yeah, it was very clean edited. I didn't notice anything. I, I, you know, I, I even left in the one part, Aaron, you made some joke and I didn't understand it and you repeated it and I didn't understand it. Like, I couldn't even, <laughs> like, fully make up the words, but I left it in there and then had a producer's note of, so now, audience, you don't get to know what he said either. You get to be in he, the same boat as me. Yeah, he made a joke about the East Coast or something. That's and then I was like, well, I'll listen yeah. back when I edit and I'll get the joke then, I'm sure. And then, well, no, <laughs> right. it wasn't there. <laughs> now I almost wish I had, I, what, basically, when I do this, when I do this podcast, if I haven't listened to the whole thing at this point, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to get, I don't have time. So I just deleted it. So now oh, I, I want to read downloaded it. <laughs> Jim, Jim's calling. I'm going to add him in. Jim, how you doing, sir? Jimbo. Is he here? Hey, hey, hey we're doing well. 
Are you ready for us to uh, to record? All right, three, two, one, record. And okay. just a call and response. One, two, two three, four, 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 five. We want hardcore. Six. six. <laughs> okay, that's good. Uh, I was saying to the guys in the beginning, like as dumb as it sounds, it actually has worked really well for lining up the files. So whatever works, man. Uh, sorry, I, I was trying. I was trying to do that without de- derailing the conversation. I'm sorry. I have clearly I'm sorry. Failed. I derailed. I was. I was totally distracted. Sorry. What keys? Oh, shiny. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no mention of a cheesemaker anywhere in that in that description. Okay. Edit point. What if Jesus is the cheesemaker? Do we know what Jesus what what, what Jesus what Jesus was before the apocalypse? Jesus. Oh, I didn't say Jesus. I didn't, I didn't say that. I said no mention of the cheesemaker. I know, I know, so he's I know. He's asking what if Jesus is the cheesemaker. What if oh, Jesus I see what you're saying. I get it. Okay. As long as Jesus walks, uh, that's all I'm concerned with. <laughs> I totally bought an album last night called The Second Coming of Jesus, by the way, and I'm not even joking. Che- like Jesus? <laughs> yes, it is. It Jesus. is It is the sequel to the Five Iron Frenzy joke album, Jesus of Nazareth. Okay. Hmm. Um, sure. Real album that I really spent real money on last night. Just sure. absolutely serious. Once the edit go back in. Believe me. <laughs> edit back in now. It's only 10.30, so we're, we're making good time. Or it's only 7.30, I should say, for you West Coaster. I do want to get off before 8. But... I don't need to know anything about your sexual life, but <laughs> go ahead. Good for you. I saw uh, Michael Rooker this weekend. He was over at that Comic-Con I was at. Oh, really? North cool. Jersey. It's, in, uh, it's called Chiller. It's up in Parsippany, New Jersey. Well, I've heard of okay. that. It was up there. Sophia was there too. There's only two Walking Dead people. She got a little older. Two dead ones. That's that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was actually a lot of actors there. I can't remember all of them. Ralph Macchio was there, and uh, was he also Kiss. older than the last time you saw him? He's my something? favorite Walking Dead actor. <laughs> Ralph Macchio. <laughs> Macchio. Sweep the Walker. <laughs> the crane. We're gonna put him in a body bag, and then they're gonna get out of that body bag because they're walkers. <laughs> They had a whole Lost in Space room. They had, uh, they had a lot of actors there. It was really actually pretty cool. I shot the walker. I shot the walker. <laughs> I shot the walker. That's my, my cousin, Vinny. I'll just keep doing that. How many people from... I'm assuming when you say Lost in Space, you're not talking about the Matt LeBlanc masterpiece. You're talking about the original the, show. The original, like Billy <laughs> Mummy yeah. and the other two or three are still alive. Yes. <laughs> William Hurt and Gary Oldman are getting back together for cons for the Lost in Dead reunion. <laughs> Heather what, Graham's uh, there. <laughs> Matt LeBlanc. It's like Galaxy Quest, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Who's still alive from the original show? I'm like, I'd, I'd imagine it like was, some of the younger actors, but I wasn't a big Lost in Space fan. It was it was Billy Mummy. It was Cartwright. I think I want to say her name was, and somebody else. There was two ladies and him. Is the robot still alive? The robot was there. The doctor died, and they had the um, they had that rover thing outside that that where they used to go around and rover around the planet. That was there too. Who played the daughter in the remake movie? Uh, Lacey Chabert. I, I remember thinking, granted, at the time I was like 12, but I remember thinking she was super hot in that movie. That's when she was, you know, an it girl when she was on Party of Five or whatever. Then today, yeah, Adam West was there too, Burt Ward. Um, Adam West. Yeah, and they had the Batmobile out there, of course, so he'd come out and take pictures with that. Uh, who else was there? Lee Majors was there. And a lot of other people too. Like, just uh, Who else was there? Oh, uh, Stephen McHattie. You probably know who this yeah. guy was. I know that name. He was in... Um... He's a Watchman. Yeah, he's yeah, like every, he was, was he, <laughs> yeah, he was Night Owl 1, yeah, right? Yeah. He's such a good yeah. actor. I mean, I, I he wanted 30 bucks. and Oh, wasn't he in Dexter, I, I should have paid it. He... Or is that just the guy who looks like him? No, that's the Dexter. guy who looks like him. But that's, you know, yeah. Um... 
Oh, the father, you mean? No, that's James, not in the caddy. Uh, yeah, no. they, they look very similar. They do. Yeah. You're right. But that's not him. Um, you know that, that scene in Star Trek? He goes, it's a fake. That He has a picture of that. He can actually sign that right there, that Romulan, uh, he played in that one. <laughs> really, really good. Amos was there. John Amos was there. Yeah. What about Tori Amos? I don't know about her. She wasn't Jim? there. Jim? No. 